This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode number 97. Why stand? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric. Glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible, episode number 97, Why Stand? And you know, Steve's going to be bringing that message, Pastor Steve, today, and it's a good it's a good title because uh, oftentimes, that's what I'm thinking, especially when I'm standing in line for a long time, you know, like at the airport or uh, just about anywhere since I was in the Army, I the last thing I want to do is stand around in the in the line. So, so Steve, brother Steve Bear, you know, my name is, as I said, my name is Eric. We've got uh, Pastor Steve Bear, we've got Pastor Scott Strobel, and we've got uh, missionary pastor Matthew Sutton. Um, so even though that uh, I'm just the lone uh, holdout here, there's just the average Joe, we do have three qualified and ordained pastors here that uh, you can trust and uh, know that they'll be following the Bible. And we encourage you to have a Bible with you today and and open it up, especially the King James Bible, if you want to follow along with what's happening today. But let's welcome Pastor Steve Bear. Steve, how are you? Doing well. Thanks, Eric. Good to have you aboard. How has your 2020 been going? Well, uh, probably much like everybody else's, it's been uh, a challenge and uh, just trying to figure out ways to get through it, uh, trying to obey as much as I can what's uh, being dictated, but uh, yet it again, <laughs> another way, you know, trying to follow the Lord and, and uh, follow his bidding and what he uh, calls us to do in the Word of God. So uh, Governor Cromo probably wouldn't be overly pleased with uh, all the things that uh, I've done, but uh, still I'm, I'm trying to please the Lord, not him. So, Amen. Well, we'll keep that on the down low. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever's been going on there, we, we won't mention it. And I also, won't tell. <laughs> we also have Pastor uh, Scott Strobel joining us today. Pastor, how are you? Well, I am saved, eternally secure, and sustained by the grace of God. That's that's what I am. Amen. Amen. And uh, looking back as we are approaching uh, the end of 2020, how has that year gone for you? Wow, that's a, it's a big question considering recent times, and yep. I won't take a lot of time to, to go into details, but I will um, just let, let the folks know that don't know I— I had a good talk with my mother. She turned 80 on October the 28th. And uh, within about a week or so, she began to get sick. She's been on oxygen for the last few years. She has a con concentrator in the house and is able to get all around the house with it. Um, but she began to take ill. They were, they were told that some of our family members may have been exposed to COVID. Uh, we had like four family members that had to get tested Two of them came back positive. One of them was my mother. My dad's came back negative. She was not able to withstand it very well. And 
after a few days went into the hospital and a couple of days later passed away. We were trying to figure out what to do. You know, they weren't going to do a memorial service till later because of just restrictions and people traveling and the, all the dangers and restrictions involved. We're going to do a graveside service. And I had a ticket to go there and get in and out within 24 hours, which would have allowed me to be able to participate, but avoid having to quarantine here in New York, coming back on the plane. And then um, my dad uh, started feeling sick and they canceled uh, among that and other concerns. And then uh, he he got retested and also tested positive for uh, COVID. He was in a little bit better shape than my mother. He had just turned um, 79 on November the 1st. My mother incidentally passed away on November the 12th, which was my mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And my dad, um, he he held strong, you know, at first, and then uh, boys started going downhill. He couldn't hardly walk without taking a breath. They put him on my mom's oxygen. My sisters were there with him, and they have medical training. My one sister has a nursing degree, and um, that was helping. But as I spoke with him on the phone, you know, you could tell very winded. He said he sometimes had trouble taking four or five steps without uh, just being you know, zapped, and his oxygen levels would, would go down low, and it was like having the wind knocked out of him. And then finally they decided it was he, he needed to go to the hospital. Now, both my mom and my dad, when they got into the hospital, it was discovered they had pneumonia. But my dad's was just starting, they thought. And they started putting him on, you know, antiviral uh, medication, antibiotics um, for the uh, pneumonia and, um, you know, other treatments. And we had hopes maybe he would rally. Uh, long story short, he did not. And a few days after he was in the hospital, he passed away as well. And so three and a half weeks apart, um, both my mom and dad passed away. Neither of them, which were, uh, neither of them were, were dead, deathly ill or, or at all unnatural. My mom, when I spoke with her, a good long talk with her on her birthday, um, she sounded as well as she had been for, for years. And so, you know, we were just processing all of that and, and hadn't fully processed it by any means when our attention focused, would turn to, and was focused on my dad's health. And it's, kind of been a numbing sensation and situation. I have not fully processed it yet, but what I have been able to process is the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, and uh, the grace of God, which the Lord promises is sufficient, and I find it to be just that, and and I thank God for it. Amen. And, uh, you know, I'll just jump in here as well. 2020 was a uh, a tough year in in a a good year at the same time. We uh, saw the birth of uh, Joanna Grace, Matthew's daughter, my granddaughter, and Steve's granddaughter. Yeah. Matthew's married to uh, Steve's daughter. And um, so we get to see her birth, which was exciting. And and uh, due to her high-risk pregnancy, Jennifer um, you know, had to come back to the uh, mainland early from Alaska and... Uh, Stayed with Steve and uh, his wife and their mom, and and was able to get the uh, medical attention, the proper treatment that Joanna could be born and born healthy. So that's a, certainly a blessing Amen. from God. And my mom also passed away at the beginning part of this year, um, and she was ninety four. You know, so uh, had her a long time. Feel blessed that she was able to be 
with us that long. And, and you know, I, I'd just like to mention now, too, that even though we put out this podcast and we've been doing it for a number of years, this should never take the place of, and we've mentioned this before, your church, your attendance in church, and you're following a local pastor and, and a church there. Because, well, you know, such a uh, encouragement that you can, um, you know, call on a pastor you can't do that yeah. to somebody on the internet. If you if you yes. need counseling, you need some help. When my mom was in in the hospital, and it just so happened that Matthew happened to be home from Alaska, which was a blessing. And uh, because yeah. the hospital uh, where she was at, um, and the hospice that she eventually wound up in, in actually a rather quick amount of time, was also in Lockport where Pastor Strobel is, and I had attended his church for um, years back, and obviously have known Pastor Strobel, but he was able to come. And um, it was an encouragement, you know, to have to have them there. Um, so it was, it's a blessing to have a, a live pastor, not just a, someone I, on the Internet, uh, a live person that you can uh, counsel with that will help you with... Uh, you know things that are happening, and and uh, you can be um, you answer to, and and uh, I think I just think it's key, key important, important piece. Um, but anyway, onward, Thanks. Matthew. How about you? How was your twenty twenty? Yeah, I just I want to just add in that too. I think the podcast study that Pastor Strobel did uh, beginning of October that we have on our website is really good too. How to be happy. And um, I've been actually going through a little bit of your, I think it, you did it through Sunday mornings, but uh, he's got it on his website and we have a link to his YouTube website too. Uh, you can go and uh, listen to his um, uh, series on, on happy. And I think it'll really help. So I just wanted to say that it's good stuff. So it's been a blessing to me, but uh, it's been, it's been good. Uh, like you said, uh, we just uh, have our new baby girl, Joanna. She's uh, a little over She's almost four months old now, and time flies. So, wow. and then uh, Jennifer, uh, my wife, just had uh, half her thyroid removed, and so she's still back in New York. I'm here uh, in the Arctic, and um, Lord willing, in about uh, a little less than a month, I'll go back, and Lord willing, be able to bring them all back uh, to the Arctic here in the mission field. So it's just, uh, you know, it's been a blessing. We saw a teenage girl accept Christ as her Savior, not this last Sunday, but uh, the Sunday night before. She came to teen class for the first time and then um and then that night she came back and the whole reason why she came is because one of our faithful teenage girls uh she's just witnessing like crazy inviting people out to church and not just inviting them out to church but you know saying hey do you think about what you heard you know about you need to receive christ as your savior and so that's what she did after teen class and then that sunday night uh, she came forward after the service and uh, received jesus christ as her savior so Man. Uh, you know, 2020 has been tough, been hard, but uh, the Lord's still on, on the throne in control. And uh, it's just amazing to see that uh, people are still getting saved. So, Amen. so it's a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, as we mentioned, we're at uh, 97 um, in our podcast today. And Lord willing, we will make it to 100. Uh, certainly not this year. Um, but uh, Lord's with us um, perhaps next year. We can... We can knock out those remaining episodes to get to episode 100. Um, Brother Steve, anything else you wanted to say before we did the study? Uh, 
I don't know. Is there something that I'm forgetting that I should say? <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted what to you, you, remind me. Is there something I'm missing? I don't think so. I just want uh, Okay. Well, sometimes you play, play tricks on me and I, I have to be really sharp on my feet and I feel like I'm, uh, dragging um, uh, cement boots around here trying to think of if there's something else I should say that I should be saying. <laughs> no, I just wanted to give you an opportunity and then to see uh, if you were ready and before we started. I am uh, I'm ready. We, we might just mention about the, are we still working on that Bible giveaway? Or what? No, it was shirt giveaway. Oh, it was right? shirts. Yeah, the shirts. Yeah. You got a Bible you want to give away, Pastor Stroll? <laughs> <laughs> well, his Bible with all his notes. Oh boy! No, no, not that one for sure. <laughs> but we do. We have some T-shirts that we. Um, the, the, what we had talked about last time was that if you would send us an email, and just let us know that you're interested in a T-shirt, and uh, we would uh, out of the remaining shirts that we have left, we would put you in a drawing for one. So that's the way it's going to work. And uh, you can start doing that at any time. You can uh, email us at that's in the Bible at gmail.com. It's all one word T H A T S I N T H E B I B L E. There's no punctuation, no apostrophe. It's just that's in the Bible at gmail.com. Just let us know that you would like to be entered into the drawing for a t shirt. It's uh, that's in the Bible t-shirt and you can see that on our website at that's in the bible.com so and i know that uh, i'd mentioned it before that pastor strobel was uh demonstrating wearing <laughs> demonstrating <laughs> the uh the t-shirt in beautiful uh looks like uh, sunny down uh suburban lockport new york you're very observant i I like the tree. Well, they do. They do catch the eyes of people, and you wear them around the community. They they do de- take the double takes. That's for sure. Amen. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's good. At least you know when people could actually approach you and talk to you. They might have asked, "What is that?" That's in the Bible. Oh yeah. But they can see it if it's pretty big. You know, in the front of the mm-hmm. T-shirt. If you go to the website, you'll be able to see it there as well. All right. So that's I think. Um, what we had to say about that, and and just to um, just to drive the point home, I'll I'll bring in the uh, the our that's in the Bible jingle singers. One hundred, one hundred, one hundred, one hundred. That's in the Bible. Dot com is celebrating their one hundredth episode with this amazing intro jingle. Bringing you great Bible podcasts since 2009. 100. That makes me laugh every time. I hear it. Amazing. Well, Steve, you know, as soon as we're able to get up there again and bring a recorder, we'll we'll have the uh, the baritones do the, do some of that stuff. That'd be uh, that'd be there fun. That'd be a lot of fun to yeah, do. That'd be pretty neat. All right, let's. I don't know see. That we could do it that well, but we'll do it. Oh yeah, you guys could do it well. <laughs> I have complete confidence. All right. Well, if I know which button I'm pressing here, if I recall, then uh, this one should be the signal for the start of the podcast. And you're up. All right.
right, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the uh, opportunity and uh, for God uh, allowing me the opportunity to be able to to speak and to uh, teach and preach for him. So if you have a Bible, I'd like for you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. And while you're turning there, let me, let me just uh, offer a brief uh, prayer here before we start. Father, thank you uh, for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, uh, hearts are, uh, are heavy, uh, Lord, with the news of, of the losses that have been experience this year. I know there's some folks in our church that uh, have passed away, and and uh, obviously for Brother Strobel and Bro- Brother Sutton and their losses, Lord, our hearts are heavy. But God, we know that you uh, can give grace, and uh, your peace can be uh, appropriated through the, the Holy Spirit of God ministering to us. And so we ask that that peace would be dispensed, and, and Lord, um, Give them the comfort that they need to carry on and, and continue to serve you with a heart uh, of love and, and thankfulness for your kindness and grace, even in a, a trying time. Father, we ask your blessing upon the Word of God and upon the teaching of it, and pray, God, that you might guide and direct, fill with uh, your spirit, Lord, that I might be able to say the things that you once said. Lord, may everything that's said and done be to your honor and to your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, a familiar passage to many. I, when I uh, have done this before, I've read the whole chapter. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to get down to the area that I want to focus on. And let's start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, most of the time when this portion of scripture is read, it's a sermon or a Bible study on the armor of God, focusing on each of the pieces of the armor. Today, really, I want to focus on one thing in this passage, and that is the word stand. Take a look again in verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. The admonition there is to stand. 
In fact, the command is to stand. Now, I understand the armor enables you to stand, and I don't want to minimize that in any way, but for the focus of this Bible study, I want to want you to realize that there must be a willingness to stand. Uh, you may have the armor uh, and so forth, but if there's not a willingness to stand, then uh, the armor isn't really doing what you what God intended for you to do with that armor, and that is to stand. That is counting the cost and taking a stand anyway. There may be a time when God calls upon you to make a stand. You know, there was a time in Israel's history when God was looking for a man to stand and could not find one. In Ezekiel uh, chapter 22, Ezekiel chapter two, 22, verses 1 through 6, I'm not going to read it. You can go back and take a look at it yourself, but you'll find out that Israel was in apostasy. Uh, they were just in miserable shape and spiritually. And uh, if you were to look down further in the, into the context of, of chapter 22, I want to draw your attention to verse 26. We'll read from there to the end of the chapter. It says, her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed a difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst uh, thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity, and divining lies, un, uh, divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord, when the Lord hath not spoken. And the people of the land have used uh, oppression, and exercised robbery, and have vexed the poor uh, and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger woefully, wrongfully. I uh, sought for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, I have poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God." I don't know about you, but when I read that, to me, it seems to be speaking of the day and age that we're living in. Uh, anymore now, they're, they're calling good evil and evil good, and they are living wickedly and ungodly. Uh, it's just complete, I, I would say, that we're living in apostasy today, much as the Bible described that. Christianity would be uh, in the Laodicean times, uh, right before the the Lord pours out His judgment upon this earth through the tribulation. I mean, all we have to do is look at some of the things that is going on. It's really not much different than what was going on in Israel back in 
Ezekiel's time. Abortion and corruption, infidelity, lewdness, open immorality, uh, the fornication, and all of the things that are going on. The, the, uh, the entertainment industry is just flaunting all of that before your eyes. And, and we're just seeing just uh, an anti-God movement uh, throughout the land and, and throughout the world. And what it calls for in a time like this is to stand, to stand for something, to stand against something. While I was going to Bible school, and, and even for that matter, when I was in the Navy, I was on the, in the Navy on the east coast of Florida, and then obviously in the panhandle uh, in Pensacola uh, for Bible school. Both, air, uh, both uh, situations had obviously the ocean and the Gulf of Mexico there, and one of the things that that I used to try to do, and, and with some of the guys, young guys that I was with, that, that we just tried to do, it was to withstand the waves coming in. We'd get out so far, and when the, when the waves were coming in a little bit heavy, to try to stand against the waves. Uh, you, you, you were trying to resist it, and you brace yourself, and you spread your legs apart, and, and you would face that and let that crash in over you. Sometimes if it was good enough, if the waves were good enough, it would be over your head, and you'd just try to withstand and stay standing against the force of that water. Not to yield, to hold your ground. And that, uh, that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about standing to stand for something, to stand against something. Reminds me of uh, some men in the Bible that uh, did some incredible things back in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we read about some of David's mighty men. And let me read this portion. It said this, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino, the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800, whom he slew at one time. I, 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 you know, I try to put myself into that picture. They're watching him do this. Notice, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, that over the lifespan of, of his uh, uh, being a warrior that he slew 800. It said he slew 800 at one time. In other words, one after another, after another, after another, after another, and, and, and slew 800 of them with a spear. I mean, that's incredible. His willingness to go against that kind of, a, of a, an enemy, that kind of a foe, and be able to stand there and do that is just outstanding. You take a look there in verse 9, and after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ohohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there gathered, uh, gathered together to battle, uh, and the men of Israel were gone away. So he was left alone. He's left alone. He rose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave under the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. Here he was, you know, he's got some fellows around him, but the forces of, of the Philistines came against him, and he's ready to stand, and you know what? Everybody else fled. 
everybody else. Now, I, I don't know, maybe the other mighty men were uh, spread out throughout the the uh, battle there, and and uh, he was only there leading some of the some of the other warriors with them. But he was they weren't the mighty men that we read about here. Uh, maybe they all turned tail and run, but they left him all alone, and there he was fighting by himself. He stood. He stood. Um, in verse eleven, and after him was Shammah the son of Agi, the Herite. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. God got a victory because of one man that was willing to stand. And and you think about it, he wasn't standing for something that was great. I don't know. I, I can't imagine that it was his ground. It might have been. Maybe it was just the fact that it was the land of Israel, and he was just willing to stand for that little bean patch, as they say. But God got a great victory because this man was willing to stand. Now, you may not be called upon to wield a sword or a spear against men, but you may be called upon to stand your ground for what you believe and the principles upon which your faith relies. I want you to realize that there were three Hebrew boys, I believe they were young men, who withstood a king and his kingdom. Uh, the thing about these guys is, and, and I think this is interesting from the story, it doesn't really say it, but it is inferred by how the story is written. They weren't looking for a fight. They didn't wield a, a, a sword or a spear. They didn't slay anyone or anything. They just stood for what they believed. You know, the Jews were told uh, not to have any other gods before them. They weren't supposed to make any graven image of anything that's in the sea or in the earth or in the air or whatever. They weren't supposed to have any graven image at all. And here, Nebuchadnezzar had reared up this statue, this image of himself, and he was commanding the people to bow down. And, you know, here these boys, they, they just stood their ground. They just stood. While everybody else bowed, they stood. You know, it wasn't like they were trying to trumpet their their cause, you know, and, and, and broadcast it over the Internet and let everybody see what's going on. I mean, they didn't announce it on Twitter. They didn't show it on Facebook. They didn't make a video of it and, you know, say, hey, look at us. You know, we're, we're standing for God today. No, they just, they just stood. They just stood. They weren't looking for accolades. They weren't looking for fame. They weren't looking for anything. They just stood for the principles for which God had told them to do. They weren't trying to, to, to cry, uh, you know, sad bucket of tears and say, look how persecuted we are. They're, they're, they're persecuting us because we're not bowing. They didn't do anything like that at all. When everyone else bowed, they remained standing. And you know what it was? By just doing that, they stuck out. 
They stuck out because they didn't bow. They were willing to face whatever the consequences would be by just standing. You read about their reply and answer to Nebuchadnezzar when he gave them another opportunity to to bow before him because they were chosen. They were some of his counselors and they had found favor in his sight. Here he gives them another opportunity, but they're in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. One way or the other, we're going to be delivered out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They stood for what they believed. They didn't bow uh, to the graven image. They had some conviction for which they were willing to stand. I don't know about you, but I can imagine they, uh, there were a lot of Jews that were there in the kingdom of Babylon. Uh, I'm sure that they, these fellows were surrounded by some of their uh, people from their nation and so forth. I can imagine the conversations that are going on. I mean, from well-meaning friends, you know, standing around and says, just, just guys, just, just bow, just bow. Will you stop? Will you stop trying to show off? Just, just bow, just bow. Everyone else is, is bowing. Why don't, why don't you do it? Everybody else is doing it. Just, why don't you bow? You know, you, you look like fools standing up there. What are you, a bunch of idiots? Come on. You, you know what's going to happen? You're going to, you're, what you're doing is going to reflect on all of us, and they're going to get mad and angry at all of us because of what you're doing. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? It was a man that stood against a mighty nation. There was a man that stood against a mighty nation. Moses was not looking for the kind of job that uh, he got, but God called upon him to take a stand. In fact, when he found out the job that he had, uh, that God wanted him to do, he tried to get out of it. But Moses stood in the face of insurmountable odds. Uh, really, it was Moses that stood, and Aaron was there along with him, but uh, it was Moses that stood. He stood against Pharaoh and his armies, and he stood against his own people for a time. But he was following the orders from the Lord, and he stood with God. When the orders came, when he was told to say something, he went out and he did it. With God's mighty hand to protect and to demonstrate God's power, Moses was able to stand in the gap against Pharaoh and even his own nation. Now look, we're to, uh, 2020, we're facing some very challenging times, and, and it has been for some time. It's not just unique to 2020, but uh, we're, as Christians and Bible believers, we're facing a hostile environment. Uh, Christians aren't really the darlings uh, 
they're not uh, the, the popular people, so to speak. Uh, you have governments, and, and whether they're local or whether they're national, are trying to get rid of and silence Christians. They're trying to make it difficult for Christians. They're trying to tell them how and when they can worship. And really, I'm not trying to do anything to arouse any you know national cause or anything like that, but I would uh, direct you to talk to the Lord and have him have find out what he would have you to do to be able to stand. Do you realize that as a Christian, the Bible is your guide? Not what some governor says or what president says or, or what some doctor says. God is your guide. And uh, the word of God is your guide through the, through the, uh, uh, the Bible. You know, there were some disciples that uh, withstood the chief priests and the council in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. I understand that we're, you know, Romans 13 still in the book, and, and I'm not trying to argue against that. But when it comes to, you know, God saying, forsake not the, the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, so much more as you see the day approaching, uh, that seems like a pretty straightforward command to me. I'm not here trying to, to draw attention to myself or anything else, but we're trying to stand. We're trying to stand. And there may be a time when you will be called upon to stand. Look, I know we're not standing against a nation, but, you know, there are some times when we'll have to make a stand either, you know, in our own community or in our own family or, or whatever. There may be some of you out there that think that our nation is lost and, and so forth, and that may be true. But I also know God uses men to accomplish his will, and, and I know this, that God is looking for a man to stand in the gap. I want you to know that there was a man that stood against the world. There was a man that stood against the world, and, and I'm going to use this verse to introduce it but in second peter chapter 2 and verse 5 it says and spared not the world talking about god spared not the world but saved noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly noah was not some old coots doing some crazy thing building a boat on dry ground he was a man called upon to stand in the face of the whole world being against him. And I can imagine this, that the, the world came around uh, this ungodly and wicked people that were mocking him and, and uh, giving him a hard time. And uh, what did he do? He preached righteousness. He preached judgment. He withstood the mocking and the ridicule and the accusations of insanity letting uh you know you're letting your this god thing kind of get to your head and so forth uh, you're being a little bit fanatical here you know come on give it a rest i want you to know that there will come a time if it hasn't happened already when you'll be called upon to stand it may not be for a nation, it may not be against a kingdom, it may not be against the world, but 
we're called upon in Ephesians chapter 6 to stand, and those battles will be spiritual in nature. Like I alluded to earlier, it may be a stand against your family. It may be a stand against your peers. Maybe a stand against your colleagues. It may be a stand against the world system. What do you stand for? What do you stand for? I hope you stand for truth. I hope you stand for the word of God. I hope you stand for the gospel. I hope you stand for Jesus Christ. I hope you stand for righteousness. And I hope you stand against sin. I hope you stand against temptations. I hope you stand against the wiles of the devil. Modern Christianity wants to blend in. They don't want to make waves. They don't want to offend people. They want people to like them. That's what modern Christianity is gearing to. They figure if, if, if people like them, then they'll be more apt to listen to the message of the gospel. And the last thing they want, this modern Christianity, they want to do is to get the world or people mad at them. They don't want to stir them up. We're happy with our little fellowship, you know, and getting together in our little groups and so forth and just, uh, you know, having our little get-togethers within ourselves and, and enjoying that time of fellowship. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not urging anybody to go out and pick a fight with anybody or with anything. Just trying to get across that we need to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and by just doing that, the battle will come to you. We need to be willing when the time comes to stand up for what you believe. When temptation comes, stand. When the opportunity to compromise comes up, stand. Don't give in. Don't give up. Resist. Hold your ground. To be able to withstand in the evil day. All your friends, all your fellow believers may flee and run like they did for those mighty men. If that happens, you may have to stand alone. But the admonition is to stand. When you've engaged in the battles and you're tired and you're weary, you need to fight on. And fight the good faith. A uh, fight of faith. You need to stand. I uh, I like to read things that encourage me. And one of those books that I read that from time to time I'll pick it up and just read some. Right, maybe right before I go to bed, and, and it encourages me. Is a book that's written by Sam Gipp called Fight On. He has a story in here that I'd like to relate to you, just as illustration if it might be something that might encourage you just to stand when you feel like giving up. In 1942, the Japanese military had enjoyed almost a half century of just victory after victory after victory, moving in through China and, and uh, the eastern part of Russia and down through Manchuria and on into the Philippines and Guam and Hong Kong and 
and we're just a juggernaut just going through the uh, that Western Pacific Rim in October of 1942 as the Japanese swept through the South Pacific with seeming impunity their preeminence was being challenged by those angry American Americans, the United States Marine Corps, that had landed on Guadalcanal and secured Henderson Field. From its strategic location, Henderson threatened Japanese air and naval power in the region. It was imperative that the Americans be driven off the island as far as the Japanese were concerned. The key to taking Henderson was capturing a small hill that overlooked the field, which would allow Japanese forces to command the area below. On the night of October 25, uh, 25th, 1942, the hill was held by 91 determined Marines. Suddenly, they were attacked by over 5,000 Japanese veteran jungle fighters. Among those Marines was a platoon sergeant, My, uh, Mitchell Page. Wave after wave of screaming Japanese smashed into the American lines. Sergeant Page ran from foxhole to foxhole, dragging back dead and wounded Marines and realigning machine guns. As the Marines manning the machine guns died one by one, Sergeant Page would fire a few rounds from one gun, then run and fire again from a different gun to fool the enemy into thinking that there were more men alive than actually were. Hours into the battle, the Marine force had been practically wiped out. With nothing to lose and everything to gain, Sergeant Page picked up a water-cooled Browning 30 caliber machine gun. And in the action that has been emulated in movie after movie, firing from the hip, charging the last of his Japanese attackers. The next morning, when Marines reached the hill, they found every Marine dead or wounded and Sergeant Page alone, sitting behind his faithful Browning, ready for the next attack. An attack which never came. Around the hill lay over 2,200 dead Japanese soldiers. A half century of Japanese military victories had just ended, courtesy of one determined Marine. Page later retired as a colonel. And as Sam always ends those stories, fight on. Fight on. Why do we stand? We stand because we're commanded to stand. Who knows if by you standing, some great victory will take place in your family, in your church, in your community. We need to stand. The day is calling for us to stand. The Lord is calling for us to stand. You don't have to look for it. It'll come to you. But just be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and the battle will find you. We need to stand. 
The Bible says this, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. My admonition, my encouragement, my challenge, stand. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Amen. Thanks, Steve, for that uh, Bible study. And boy, it sure comes at a good time, too, for me, and I'm sure many others. Guys, any comments? Hey, man, it is a good subject and something that is needed. Um, somebody made a statement around the subject of standing, Say, and they said, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And uh, there's a lot of truth in that. And, of course, what we're talking about is not just making a stand just to make a stand, but to stand for the scriptures and what the Lord's told us in there. And really, to, as the song says, stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. And uh, you know, much like the three Hebrew children that Brother Steve mentioned, um, reminded also of a man in the book of Esther named Mordecai, and he's a faithful man, a Jew, and he worshipped and served God. He wouldn't bow down to other gods, whether they were gods of wood, stone, you know, gold, silver, or whatever, or small G gods of the flesh. And uh, in Esther 3, 2, it says, And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate <clears throat> bowed and reverenced Haman. Haman was a new guy in a position of authority. It's kind of second in line to the king. And it says, for the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, yeah. nor did it reverence. And that means the, the man stood. And he's a, he's been an inspiration along these lines to many of us uh, down through the years of us being saved in the Bible. <clears throat> you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. But um, uh, Brother Roloff um, This was kind of his theme. Um, Pastor Steve was mentioning that passage in 2 Samuel 23 of David's Mighty Men. And I remember hearing Brother Roloff um, on tape uh, many years ago preaching on the subject he stood. And I believe believe his text was from uh, Shammah over there, which that Brother Steve mentioned, that was defending that ground, that piece of ground full of lentils. And, uh, and, And where he took it, the text was, I'll just read you this part of it. But and after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Herorite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. And Brother Steve took you through that. And Brother Roloff especially emphasized he stood. He stood. He loved those words. And Brother Roloff said that that's what he wanted on his tombstone. And um, uh, last year in February, had the opportunity to be in Corpus Christi uh, again. I had I had worked out at Brother Roloff's back in 1982, and um, my wife and I got to go there. Uh, had an opportunity to preach a missions conference at um, Bible Believers Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor Bevins Welder. It was a real privilege, a blessing. <clears throat> and so, before we left the conference, my wife and I, before the last service, we took a ride out there to the 
farm and the grounds and across the street from the People's Baptist Church where the grounds were the farm where the um, church, the, the homes uh, were. And, you know, I think they still have one or two in operation. But across the street from there is the cemetery where Brother Roloff was uh, buried. And I had been there once before. I was actually there when he died. And we were across, was across the street when they had the graveside service for him. <clears throat> we looked all, all around trying to find the, the his grave and finally was able to find somebody that could help us to find it. And um, and, I, and I looked down, I got a couple of pictures, two or three, well, a few pictures of it. But it says on there, it says, um, Brother, Les, uh, Brother Lester L. Uh, Roloff, 1914-1982. He fought a good fight. He finished the course. He kept the faith. He stood firm, exclamation point. He got That's those words on his then. tomb like he wanted. <laughs> and then it said, henceforth is laid up for him a crown of righteousness. Yeah, and, and what a blessing. And, you know, those are those men that did that uh, helped to exhort and encourage us by their example, you know, to stand, just to stand. And I thought it was very important and very good how Brother Steve brought up a couple times in there that and very well said about you don't have to go looking for a fight. You, know, you stand for the Lord, the battle will come to you. Yes. And it's not like not like we're trying to, you know, have caused trouble or anything like that. Right. <clears throat> um, what was somebody said, uh, Brother Roth, well, you, Brother Roth, why are you always running into everybody? You know, why are you always running headlong and everybody says, because everybody's going in the wrong direction. He <laughs> 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 said to, to Sam Jones and his preachings, the old Methodist, old time preacher, he said, you know, how come you're always rubbing the fur the wrong way? He said, turn the cat around and I'll rub it the right way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, so, so these are folks that stood and, and amen. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the, Exhortation, Brother Steve. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, one of the first verses I learned after I got saved was uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, which says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And that's pretty much what it is. You're not looking for a fight. If you just, you know, stand and you, you know, you're not weary in well-doing, you're trying to do the right thing according to the word of God, uh, it's, it's going to be a battle. And God tells us to, you know, just don't be weary. Just keep fighting. Don't faint. Because, you know, when you faint spiritually, what you do is you just sit down spiritually and, and don't do anything for the Lord and just say, well, I'm saved. I'm just going to let, you know, what happens happens. But I'm just going to kind of go with the current and I'm not going to try and make any waves or anything like that. And, well, when you do that, you can't, uh, you, you know, you can't sow anything spiritually for the Lord and you, you're not going to be able to reap it when he comes back. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll never forget um, I was listening to a sermon many years ago. I don't know who it was or necessarily all the message, but the one thing I remember that's always stuck with me ever since that sermon was this. He said, uh, he said, what if the moment you decide to quit on the Lord, to stop standing for the Lord, what if that very moment you say, you know what, I'm done, Lord, I'm not going to stand anymore. I've, I've put my you know, battle shoes on and, and my armor on for so long. And now I'm just going to sit down and just, you know, wait for you to come back. What if, what if that moment or even that day or even a month later, the Lord Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds and then uh, you, you're face to face with him. And you, you know, you of course fall on your face is dead before him. And he lifts you up and looks you in the eyes and say, you just couldn't, you couldn't stand for one more moment. You, you couldn't stand for one more day. You couldn't stand for one more month. And, and uh and fight for me and live for me 
And uh, I, I truly believe, I truly believe we don't have much time left. And, you know, this is a great admonition. We need to just, doesn't matter how long you've been in the fight, doesn't matter how weary you are, you just got to keep fighting, keep standing. And uh, I love Romans chapter 13, verse 11, which says in that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And of course, that goes right along with uh, what we've already seen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And so when you, you cast off the works of darkness and you just keep standing, put on that armor of light. Uh, that's just standing for the Lord and uh, and living for him. And uh, it's soon. The Lord's coming back that day. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Uh, it could be any day. It could be any moment. Right. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be found sitting or laying down, passed out, you know, because I just say, you know what? I can't stand anymore. Uh, I want him to be able to come back and find us busy for him. So, amen. Thanks for that message. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, and thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in with us today again on That's in the Bible. So, Lord willing, guys, we'll see you um, in 2021. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Wow. Yep. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, thanks again. Chastening rod, seek the way pilgrims trod. Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies. Going where going where no one dies. Heavenward bound Troubles will soon be o'er Happy forevermore When we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up in the sky Telling this world goodbye Glory to share Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Many will, many will meet their doom Trumpets will Trumpets sound Trumpets will surely sound All of the dead shall rise Righteous meet in the skies Going where, going where no one dies Heavenward bound Coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will, many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound, will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous